Do you struggle with forgiveness? It can be hard to release offense and allow the healing process to progress, but our God tells us that it's crucial in our walk with Him. This week, we talk with human trafficking survivor Ilanka Deaton to hear how she forgave those who betrayed her and where Christ has led her since. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. Are you equipped for the real battle? And the spiritual is not just about your weaponry. It's about what you consume and who's calling the shots in your life. You are listening to the Pantry Podcast, Season 7, God Intentions, where we look at the way we live and ask, is this from God or do I just think this is good? Help us fuel 59 countries with spiritual nutrition. Donate on Patreon or thepantrypodcast.com. And now let's dig into the meal. Hey. Hi. Hell. I'm excited. <laughs> you know, this, that's, that, I think that's usual, my catchphrase. What is that? They call that, important. what do they call that? A catchphrase? Like, a tagline, a, a catchphrase. Tag yeah, yeah. I'm excited, but I am excited because the guest that we have tonight is just going to, I mean, I think that it's just going to bring a lot of fruit. It's going to bring a lot of good things because we're going to be talking about forgiveness to heal. You know, like, what does it take to really get to that point in our lives when something's happened? You know, we go through bad things. We experience things. We go through life. And sometimes we go through things that can't be controlled. We can't control them. But we have to come to this conclusion. We have to come to this idea of forgiveness because if we're going to move forward, we need to find that forgiveness of the person, maybe forgiveness of ourselves. But in order for us to walk in peace, we got to get there. And at first it came to my mind while I was thinking about this episode was Jeremiah seventeen fourteen: Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved for you are my praise. We need that forgiveness so that we can start to praise. Yes, that's so true. And we brought someone on today that, is the epitome of a story of forgiveness when it's tough, when the world would say there's no reason, you don't have to. But she did anyway, and what she's done since is incredibly powerful, and it's all rooted in Christ. So Ilanka Deaton is an author, singer, and speaker. But more importantly, she is a healthy, full-of-life, complete woman in Jesus Christ. After winning a singing competition in South Africa at the age of 12, she was held in sexual slavery for five years at the threat of her and her family's lives. Now she sings worship to the Lord and speaks to audiences across the U.S. to encourage them through the love of Jesus and to remind them that their stories matter. She's been quite busy, having recorded 11 studio albums, the latest being To Be Loved, authored two books, Keeping Secrets and Secret Freedom, and she's currently collaborating on a third with her brother, Jakob Buyens, about human trafficking. Additionally, she has worked with organizations such as Share, World Vision, Women at Risk International, Crisis Aid International, Bethany Christian Services, and The Hope Line as an artist and speaker. So it's so great to have you on, Ilanka. Welcome to the pantry. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I feel blessed to be here and honored. (laughs) Well, we feel the same. We feel the same for sure. (laughs) So before we really get started, the title of this episode is For They Do Not Know. And we kind of told you a little bit about the inspiration behind we start before we started the episode. Um, So what do you think of when you think of that phrase in line with what's happened in your life? You know, if I think about a phrase where they do not know what they've done or they do not know what they're doing, um, I would say that I think about people's stories. Every, Every one of us has a backstory of where we grew up, what we've gone through in life, how it shaped us. Uh, Everybody from, you know, someone that's been a predator like a Ted Bundy all the way to someone like a Joyce Myers who inspires, you know, um, thousands of women. All of us across the gambit have, have a story to tell. And all of us are shaped by something that has happened in our past. If you are blessed to 
have been someone to grow up without any trauma in your life. God bless you for that. I want that kind of story for my kids. That's not how I grew up. And that's maybe not how the two of you grew up, right? So we all come into this with different stories. And I think that unfortunately, um, uh, especially in, in, in sexuality problems, uh, you have perpetuating uh, cycles of abuse that happens to children and they go forth and they become predators themselves. And in, in my situation, that is how I, I view what happened to me. Although the person who, who perpetrated me and who did what he did, of course, in my opinion, was very evil in his approach and what he had done, that person still was created by God. And that person still came into this world with a story and was still shaped by whatever had happened to him in his life. And unfortunately, he made very bad decisions and it led to a lot of heartache and, and, and disaster for not only me, but for many other girls. But he still came into this with a story. So when we talk about forgiveness and we talk about, like, Lord, please forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. It, it, it really is that. It's how someone's mind has been shaped, whether they have a mental illness or not how their mind has been shaped and formed because of the circumstances that they make the decisions to get healing and freedom from that and redemption. And if they did not, there's usually fallout and brokenness that follows in darkness. And that is what hurts people. And that is where people get drawn into horrid situations. But you can't, you can't look at the topic of Lord forgive them for it. They do not know what they've done. You can't look at that without seeing the person behind the crying and that is a hard, it's a hard concept for, for anybody to take in who might be on the front end of healing. Um, I'm 13 years into trauma recovery. And so once you've walked through the step of forgiveness and realize that forgiveness does not equal reconciliation, and you can really wrap your head around that and understand what forgiveness means for you as an individual, you can bridge the gap going from seeing a godly created person who made horrible decisions to where you are. And that's, I mean, that can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're just, I mean, the centerpiece being Jesus. I mean, there just isn't, mm. there just isn't any bridge that's going to be built if you don't have those two foundational aspects in your life to even understand that verse or understand forgiveness period. Well, I like, I like how you tie that in. I mean, the apostle Paul uses a lot, but the apostle Paul says anything outside of Christ or outside of God is pretty much dung. And, and I don't like to put that down on somebody who might be hearing this, but I'm telling you, um, coming from an abusive background as well, it took God. Mm -hmm. It takes God to bring us to a point of, this, of, of, of learning this forgiveness. Now, there's something else that you do as well, and I want people to know this as well. You also counsel, right? Yeah, I do. I have a biblical counseling degree from uh, Light University. And so we uh, ran a, um, a free counseling center for five years um, for women in our area. In addition, uh, I'm also on the board of the National Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition, and I'm starting in the fall to run classes for them as well, um, ACI meetings and, and healing classes for survivors um, and people who want to volunteer in trafficking who might not realize how much their story has been impacted by wanting to volunteer and their stories come up and, you know, and they find themselves in places where they need to forgive. Um, maybe not something as, uh, you know, like trafficking, but they might have a, a parent or a spouse that they've held bitterness against and they need to walk through some reconciliation. And so um, God's story always meets our story, right? And so mm -hmm. you can't look at your story if you don't look at God's story. And that's the beauty of the of gospel transformation is what happens in sanctification and what happens in justification when, when 
our stories meets God's story or God's stories meets our stories. And that's where, where beauty happens. But going through, um, going through 13 years of trauma therapy, I can tell you even before um, I surrendered my life to Jesus that I, I, I was in therapy. I did therapy. I, you know, I did take medicine. I went to uh, counseling sessions and, and group sessions and none of it worked because I was missing that spiritual component of Jesus. And um, I didn't understand that that is the seed that you need for any of, of healing to work, is you really have to have the center of what, what God intended Jesus to do in your life when he died for you on the cross. And it's just a, it's a key component. And that's not, it's not something that you or I can, um, can force down somebody's throat, right? Because God says that he is the one that, that he draws you and he calls you. Mm. And then through his Holy Spirit, Jesus comes and he saves you. But he is the one that draws individuals. And the beauty in healing um, of this magnitude is when you get to be present at that intersection, when you get to see somebody who is willing to give the Lord a chance, right? With this tremendous brokenness hand in their heart moment, and he meets them, and then you see rapid healing happen to them. That is holy ground. It's remarkable. It's one of my favorite things. And that's why uh, I wanted to start counseling um, to begin with, is, to, is to, to witness the power of the Holy Spirit and other people's stories, not only my own. Yeah, that's that's why I brought it up because I think it's really important that the the grounding and the found and the foundation of where this healing begins. And I yeah. knew that you would say it perfectly. I knew that you would bring this out like just because you're there, you're in the trenches, you're at war um, in, in this in this battle for people who have been really shattered, who've been taken advantage of, and who have been used. And and so it's really cool how how when we're used in the world, God brings us to a kingdom and restores us. And once we're inside of that kingdom, it's like wow, it's just amazing. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm interested in, cause I can think back. I, I don't think I can remember what I thought forgiveness was. I think it was kind of like if I forgave, it meant the person got a free pass, right. To let it happen yeah. again. And then I came to Christ and my whole idea of forgiveness got flipped upside down, but both for you and for the people that you counsel, like what are those common things about what they think forgiveness means before they come to Christ? Um, <sighs> Yeah. Well, yeah, a big misconception is just that forgiveness equals reconciliation. Um, and and let's, let's focus on just uh, sexual abuse or predators or trafficking for a moment, right? Sex trafficking. Um, if an if a individual like myself decides to forgive her perpetrator, does that mean that I enter back into a relationship with him? Does that mean that I automatically have to say what you did to me is okay? No, it doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't take the veracity or the weight of the crime away at all. It doesn't mean at all that I have to be reconciled into any form of a relationship. And even though this person wasn't a family member, let's, let's say, for instance, this is a child who was, who was abused by a parent. Does that equal that child having to be in relationship with that parent? Absolutely not. Um, an author that lays this very well out, in my opinion, is Dr. Dan Allender. He has a book called The Wounded Heart that's pretty well known in adult children and survivors of sexual abuse. And he has a chapter in his book, um, and it's, it's biblical, a Christian book that is um, a chapter that's dedicated specifically to reconciliation. Like, what does that look like, even if you wanted to do it? How do you forgive? How do you move from forgiveness to reconcil reconciliation if it's been a parent? How do you walk away from, from, from allowing yourself the freedom to say, no, I do not need to step back into 
a relationship with whoever did this to me, you know, and it could be a, a battery situation with, with spouses or with children attached to that. I mean, most of the, the situations that we're talking about are, are a bloody mess, right? right? It's messy. It's, it's not pretty. It's not something that any one person can figure out in one day. It's like taking a, a, a 500 uh, puzzle piece box and shaking it out on the floor and saying, we're going to have to start building this thing together. And we're going to have to start looking at the different pieces and what's needed and what we need to take out and where we need to go with this. So it takes, it takes a lot of time, but that is the key thing is just to help someone see, and maybe through my own story, someone else's story of forgiveness, that it does not equal reconciliation. Mm -hmm. You can forgive somebody and completely walk away free without ever being in a relationship with them or feeling the need to have to step back into that because that's not what forgiveness means. Right. It, it, oh, wow. I mean, it's just powerful right there. It's, it, it's so true though. Um, why are we staying in this? You need that separation because I've run across that a few times and some people that I've met and they're like, I just got to stay in there and, 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 the, and find the joint. I'm just like, and I don't know if I'm right. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong in this, but I'm like, maybe there's a time that needs to be some separation. Maybe there has to be some separation just so that yeah. things or, you know, mm-hmm worst case you call the authorities. I mean, you do Romans 13, but it's, it's like you do what you got to do. But I like what you're saying about this reconciliation because right. you know, there, but there's two forms of this. And I think that we're speaking on one side of this. Sometimes we have to reconcile or, or, you know, the reconciliation with someone who's done it to us, but sometimes we have to figure out that forgiveness for ourselves. Um, right. I know that there are some people out there that blame themselves that felt shame. Like there might not even be a reflection to the person who did it. It's all been reflected into them. How do we go about reconciling to ourselves? Because that's important coming back to ourselves and saying, you know, we're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, first of all, it's really just see what forgiveness means. And I think too, that a misconception could be that if we look at forgiveness with someone that's wrong, do you think it's between you and that person? It has nothing to do with the other person. Forgiveness has zero to do with the other person. It's, it only has to do with you and God the Father because he is the only one that can give you forgiveness to give. You can't even give yourself forgiveness. It's not a gift that we have. We have to go to the Father and ask for it. There is no way to forgive somebody unless you surrender your, your heart in a posture to say, one, I'm willing to be willing to forgive this person. So Father, please help me through your spirit and give me the portion of forgiveness so that I can extend it forward to someone else. So forgiveness starts 100% between your relationship with God the Father. And so that's why it's so difficult for someone if they do not have that foundation in the Lord, where are they going to get their forgiveness from? Where is their power coming from? Where is their source? Right. Mm. And if you don't have that, you can't forgive because we don't naturally possess the power. We are a broken, fallen group of people that are merely pushing back the effects of the fall of what Mm. happened with Adam and Eve. And without God's help, there's just no way that we can do it. We daily need saviors from ourselves. Right. Let alone have the power to give ourselves forgiveness for another person. So recognizing that it, it, it starts with your relationship with the Lord and just a, a heart posture to say, I'm willing, I'm just willing to forgive. I'll never forgive that. I never forget the day that I um, made the decision to forgive my perpetrator. I, and I, I talk about this really in my book. I went on a jog and I found myself at a traffic light and I felt like I was just running to get away from my past. 
is running to get away from the anger and the bitterness and the hurt and the shame and the guilt that I was feeling because God was still laying out who I was, who I am and whose I am and my identity. And I didn't quite get that yet. And this was after I gave my life to, to Jesus. I mean, this was quite a long time after I gave my life to Jesus before I ever would have considered forgiving this man who did this to me because when someone has wronged you, you feel this innate like right to where you can hold them hostage, where you can you can trap them and you're gonna put them in that jail and buddy, they're not gonna get out. You know, you're gonna punish them for the rest of their lives. But here's the trick to that. You're not punishing them at all. You're doing that to yourself. You're holding yourself hostage. You're holding yourself in prison. Mm-hmm. It doesn't poison them. He might never think about me again. But yet I wake up every single day and think about him. At that point, I did. So when I made the decision to surrender, it was my heart being willing to say, God, I, I've, I've, I've run as far as I can go. I've pushed this as far as I can go. And I am literally, physically, emotionally exhausted. And I need you to take this weight from me. I can't do this. Please give me whatever portion of forgiveness that you have that you can give me as a gift that I can extend to this man. I want I want out. I want free from this. I don't want to think about this anymore. I don't want to go to sleep thinking about this. I want I want free from this. And that's how my my journey of forgiveness started. And it wasn't instant, it was a it was a process, and how the Lord started giving me portions of forgiveness for him and then one day i could literally have a conversation with a friend and just say wow i actually have no hate in my heart for this man anymore how did that happen well it happened because i asked god and he gave it to me and he rolled it out for me slowly i have to remember god is so gentle the holy spirit is such a gentle it's just a gentleman that he's never going to force something on us that we're not ready to receive from him. And he's going to do it gentle because he loves us. He's a father, right? He's not an abuser. He's not an alcoholic. Um, He is not someone that drags you around by your hair. He is not someone that strangles you. And he is definitely not someone that points his finger in your face to say, look what you've done. You know, you did something to do this. He does not bring shame or guilt. He always brings forgiveness and gentleness and mercy and grace and love. And that's how he operates. And in my walk with him, that's how I have found in my healing journey how he's always approached me through his spirit is just to be gentle. So if I asked him for something, it might be a very big thing like, hey, I really need forgiveness for this man who trapped me for five years who wanted to kill me and my family, which are big things to forgive someone for. But yet God, through his mercy and his grace, very slowly started giving me those portions so that I could have that and extend that eventually. I, As you say all that, I just imagined a courtroom. And in the world we... The, the right that we have to hold them hostage. It made me think of when we try to be any role other than the witness that we've been called to be by Christ, when we try to be the judge or one of the attorneys or the right. plaintiff or the defendant, no matter what, that's not the place he's made us to sit. He's mm-hmm. freed us from all of that. Those all have things that will exhaust us because we're not meant to play that role. And there's an right. undue burden there. But when we right. step into the witness stand of course, there's a there's a risk to being a witness sometimes, you know, if, depending on what you know. But he doesn't call us to just be a witness to anything, but to be a witness of what he's done. And sure. there's a risk with that, you know, mm-hmm. um, being persecuted for, for sharing Christ. But aside from that, when we focus on being a witness for Christ, the rest, we're allowed to walk away from it. The witness is allowed to step down and leave 
Whereas yes. someone else is sitting with the, with a sentence, you know, to be yes. had. And what, is, and what does that mean, though, too? It, does it mean that if you, again, does forgiveness equal reconciliation? Does it, for, does it mean that when you forgive someone, you know, in, in logistical life, that you don't file charges against your perpetrator? No. You can still, you can still forgive someone right. to file charges. Right. There's still right. a law of the land that needs to be abided by. Even yeah. God talks about that. We, there are laws, right? Um, some of our laws are inadequate to deal with this. I'm a fierce yeah. advocate, advocate and fighter against some of the laws that we have and trying to implement having some new laws in the book to make trafficking of a, of a child a class A felony so that mm. someone could get a life sentence if they did this. Does this mean that forgiveness is not extended by a victim? No, but it still means that it's against the law to abuse a child. It's still against the law to sex traffic a child. So there are going to be repercussions for you. Um, I went in in 2012 and filed charges against the man that did this to me with a forgiving heart. The only difference is me standing in a police precinct in South Africa with my husband, filling out my entire story and giving them my statement. I did not do it with hate in my heart. I did not do it with any bitterness. I did it because I knew it was the right thing to do because there were so other girls in the same situation I was in, right? Mm-hmm. So not only speaking up for myself, but speaking up for them so that right. it could end, right? Again, forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. I'm not in relationship with that man at all. Never want to see him in my life ever again. But did I do the right thing by going back and filing charges? Yes, because it not only protects me because I'm standing up for myself because now I can protect myself as an adult woman. It also gives me the opportunity to say, this is against the law, and, and I'm not going to be silent if you're doing this to another child. I can't. Right. It's, it's my godly responsibility to protect. That's amazing that like, okay, so we just broke it down in two worlds. Mm-hmm. We did it in, in our natural, and then we did it in the supernatural. Yeah. You know, as we're sitting there talking about the court in the supernatural, isn't it amazing that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, represent the whole courtroom? Yes. You've right. got your, your, you know, you've got the Holy Spirit who comes in, you know, <laughs> as the advocate, right? You've got, and you've mm-hmm. got Jesus that, that's sitting there and in a position of two roles with God, you know, but God is the judge yeah. and Jesus is sitting there on your side saying, no, I've got him covered. You know, it's like, he's like your lawyer. You know, it's like, right, it's just right, so right. cool. It's just so cool. And then on the other side of that, what we represent is what we need to do. Right. I mean, it is what we need to do because there are things, I, there are other children out there. There are other people mm-hmm. out there that are going through these things that are experiencing these things. And they need us that have been, you know, wronged to speak up. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if I knew the guy, if I knew the guy, like I actually knew his name and I knew where he was, I would, with all love in the world, would speak up the same. And so right. if we have these testimonies that God has given us, give the testimony for those who are broken so that they can see the awesomeness of the spiritual, but also give the testimony to the courts or to the police station so that they can do what they need to do to protect others. Yeah. I right. love it. Protection on both sides, protection for the heart on both sides. Yeah. yeah. And I, that is, I mean, that is what, biblically, that's what God calls us to do with our stories. I mean, Second Corinthians 1, 4, God is very clear where he says, I comfort you so that you can go forward and comfort others with what you've been through. Mm-hmm. That means whatever you've been through in your life, whatever your story is, good or bad, up or down, sideways, waist, north, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, there's something in your story that is supposed to be used to glorify God, Amen. to show others the way, to speak into others' lives. It could be a big thing, it could be a small thing, but every single one of us has that story and has been commanded to go. I comfort you so that you can go forth and comfort mm-hmm. others with the same comfort I gave you. Right. right? 
And that is our testimonies. It might not be your full testimony. It could be sharing with a new mom, you know, from mom to mom, like what is it like having a first child? What is it like breastfeeding? What is it like staying up late at night? How do you learn to become a mother? It could be something as simple as that. It could be something as big as someone who had an abortion. It could be the topic of, of abuse and sexual abuse and traffic and all that. Big or small, it doesn't matter. We all have um, been comforted by God so that we and we can we can we can project that forward to show others how they can be comforted as well. And we really inspire people when we do that. And we give them permission to speak up about what they've gone through in their own lives. I think it's cool when we transition from calling it my testimony to transitioning saying this is God's testimony. Because right. he was there the whole time. That's that's what I tell people. I'm like, yeah, that's it. it's not my testimony. It's what God has done in my life through, you know, and he's using what's happened to to carry right. further. So then let's let's lighten up a little bit. Because, I mean, we, we've been, yeah. man, I love it, though. But, like, okay, so I'm going to hit you with with your uh, video. The one where you actually sit there, you're, you know, you're driving. People, you got to go watch this. Uh, and then you, I'll let you explain it. Just, yeah. just explain what's your video. Tell us the story behind the it because it's so cool. We're going to link it in the show notes, by the way. So, um, so the story, the story behind the video is I used my own story of being, um, of being trafficked and how I had to find forgiveness through God, you know, for the man who perpetrated me for so long and to say, Hey, I, I forgave you. But the, the backstory to it is actually that um, I'm finishing up a communications degree and I decided to take a film class. And for my final exam, I had to make a short film. And so I asked my husband if I could use his, uh, he's an avid fly fisherman. And I asked if I could use his truck and I used his truck and we just filmed it in one straight shot actually at the church where I work. And, um, and it's because it was supposed to be a, a private link, but it, it became a public link. And so I, uh, just, uh, it's just out there and I've gotten so many requests from people, you know, to, to have podcasts and interviews with me because of that video. So God has mightily used it in an amazing <laughs> way. I, I just like at the end, how you put it to rest. Yeah. It's like, right. it's like you, you put it down and then you walk away into that forgiveness, you know, so that yeah. you can move on. And I just love it. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Good. I think that the whole thing about forgiveness, when you say it's not about them, but about you, it allows you to be freed up to use that portion mm-hmm. to go help others shine light on what is still in the dark in their lives because he calls us to shine light into the darkness yes, yes. as part of healing. It's kind of like in my heart, I know this is like a raw place, but I'll bring it up if the, if I sense that person is struggling, I'll be like, I struggle with it too, you know, mm-hmm. because I know that's the power of testimony. Mm-hmm. And if we are so caught up in the understandable, but still very volatile feelings of wrath or, or the agony or, or all of these feelings, it makes it very hard to be willing to share it. And then yeah. seeing someone else blessed by your testimony can help you as well. It's, it's this very beautiful symbiotic relationship God has put in front of us when we're dealing mm-hmm. with one another, um, where he can redeem our pain and our struggles by helping deliver others what was that pivotal thing that was like, I'm going to be active in, in this arena? Actually, I didn't. Um, I never wanted to share my story publicly. Um, I never wanted to, you know, be an activist. Uh, what happened was the church uh, where I gave my heart to the Lord Christ Community Church in Franklin, I heard Scotty Smith uh, preach on the grace of Jesus that no matter, no matter 
where you are in life, that he is the unveiled hope. So you just bring your brokenness, your scars, the mess that you're in, you just bring it to him and he makes something gorgeously beautiful out of it and that you're enough. And I gave my, I surrendered my life to Jesus after hearing him preach. And it was really the first time that I heard grace explained. I grew up Dutch reform, was very legalistic and grace wasn't, uh, something that was used frequently in, in sermons. And so when I heard Scotty Smith preach on the grace of Jesus, it really captured my heart because I wanted what this man was telling me, although I didn't know how to get it. And again, the Holy Spirit had to come in and draw me, but I, I wanted that. So once I surrendered my life to Jesus and uh, I started going to the church on a regular basis, um, I was invited to take a part in a, in a study called gospel transformation in which you get to, you get to share your story uh, with a small group of, of other women. And I wor- walked through weeks, like 16 week study, and eventually got to share my story um, in an hour uninterrupted and have these beautiful women speak into my life. Well, Scotty Smith, the pastor, approached me and said, Look, we're doing a series in the church where we are. Um, asking individuals in the church to come up and share their testimony. Would you mind if, if I interviewed you with like three questions on a Sunday morning? And I said, no, but I'm going to have to go to my trauma counselor and give me the questions. I'm going to have to prepare myself because the last thing I want to do is re-traumatize myself um, in, in any kind of a setting. And at that point, I had no idea how to to share my story publicly, what to say, what not to say, what was appropriate, what was inappropriate. What do people want to hear? How do I say things that don't trigger people listening? Right. All of those things. And so I took the questions to my trauma therapist and we took some weeks and we worked through that and I agreed to do it. And he interviewed me, asked me three questions on a Sunday morning. And um, it just happened that during the interview, the booking agent for um, World Vision uh, for their artist division was sitting in the audience. And they were looking for a female uh, worship leader, which I started seeing in the church, and uh, who could who could share a powerful testimony for a a girls' night out tour for World Vision. And I was called um, a couple of days after that interview, and that booking agent actually recorded on his phone the interview and contacted you know his higher ups and said, "I think I found the person who needs to you know be in this tour." And they contacted me and, and I was, when I got the call, of course, I, you know, I'm an artist, right? So I was excited to get the call and, and any kind of a possibility. But I walked into the meeting thinking, okay, I'm going to have to pitch myself for this, right? Because, you know, if you've been in the music industry, you know, you pitch yourself for anything, you know, like you always have to pitch yourself. This is why I'm good for this. This is what I can right. write. This is what we can do. And so we um, met with um, the lady who was running the program and before she even gave me a chance to pitch why I might be a good worship leader, you know, I just, I was just going to pitch myself as a worship leader for it. She rolled out her calendar and she said, well, we have 30 days for you to share your testimony on, in these places throughout the U S and we, we would like for you to do it in this much time. And we have a, a writer that can work with you to write your story and it'll be the same every single night. And, and I was so overwhelmed with, um, just the offer and I'm being happy about it, but also being scared to death because now everybody's going to, it's like you're found out. Now everybody's right. going to know my story. You know, how am I going to, how am I going to share this? How am I going to do this? This is, this is terrifying. It's still terrifying, you know, to, to stand up, even though I've gotten better at it, but it still is. And because who wants to share about the abuse that went through the child? That's just not a fun, it's like, Hey, right. let's have coffee and chat. No, right. it's like, right. this is not something you really want to talk about. So, 
I, I got to learn through that process and, and, and very diligently working through my, my trauma therapist and a writer on how to share, how to share, how not to re-traumatize myself. And then I had moments when I did re-traumatize myself and I would have to go learn again. And then God brought that verse that I quoted earlier to you. And God just said to me, Yolanda, this is the verse of your life. Like I, mm. I comforted you through this. Now I need you to go forth and share it because there's many other people that need comforting. And so it's a cross that I bear, but it's one that when I, when I have opportunities to share, that I, I step into it, you know, with God holding up my hands to do it uh, because I couldn't do this in my own strength. Uh, because it's not light, you know, it's it's taxing to do it. But I do it because I want other people to know my Jesus. I, that's mm. I, he, he is everything in my life. That's it. I mean, Jesus rescued me. He saved me from myself. He does it on a daily basis. He showed up in the darkest place of my life and told me that I was enough. Mm. And I owe my life to him. Mm. And so for that mere fact, if I can just glorify if I can glorify him, no matter what platform I'm on, unapologetically, I want to do it. I mean, even when I was on the Steve Harvey show with my testimony, I told Steve, I was like, look, I know that this is a national public rating television show, but I'm just going to unapologetically tell you that the only reason I'm here is Jesus. You know, there, 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 is, no, there is no healing that doesn't have him in it. If you're looking for answers on how to, how to fight trafficking, how to stop it, it's Jesus. There's a centerpiece. Yes, there's logistics that go with it and all of it, but it's that is the center point. So I feel like I'm a missionary in the U.S. Um, and even in the world with things that I do, but my focus is really in the U.S. and why I was brought to this amazing country, why I'm so blessed to be an American, you know, why I have beautiful, beautiful children that God has placed me with, like a really wonderful marriage and a wonderful husband. And I get to do what I do only because I want other people to see that the unveiled hope is Jesus and that he can restore them. But I did not put myself in a position to do any of this stuff. Most of the interviews and op-aids and stuff that I get, I get requests for. Um, I'm, a, I'm a mom, you know, let alone have time to manage my kids, you know, with toddlers <laughs> running around the house then to seek out opportunities to, you know, be interviewed and, and all of that. So it's mainly, I know that if I know that if God has someone that needs to hear what I've been through, he'll bring them and he'll bring the interviews and he'll bring the people and he'll be, bring the publishers or the songwriters or the songs and he'll just do it. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it. It's up to him. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Yeah. As a side note, as we're recording this, we have been listened to and downloaded in 56 countries. And Amazing. this is such a um, a common thread around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. Of, I mean, most of our topics are relatable, but this is one where um, someone hearing might just happen to hear this playing in the background, and right. they know this in in a very personal way. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see which lives are touched because you've just brought so much mm-hmm. um, depth to it. So. So I definitely well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. May it all just be to his glory, you know. <laughs> now, now, did I hear a rumor you might have another one on the way? <laughs> I rumor. do. I am sitting here. If you could see me, I look like a, um, a butterfly. You have turkey, a glow. Actually. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am uh, almost 33 weeks expecting Super our third cheap. one. Bill and I have been married for 12 years. 
And we have a, a four and a half year old, a three year old, and then we have another little boy on the way. Awesome. And so we are, awesome. uh, you know, our children are the only thing that we get to take to heaven with us. Mm. And it's, that is the best, biggest success of my life. Um, no song I've written, no book, you know, interview, nothing can compare to the Lord saying yes to us having a family. And that's just, I, I live for, for my family and for my kids. It's just, it's wonderful. That is so awesome. That is so yeah. awesome. But we're, we're thankful that you, you came on, that you yeah. blessed us with your time. Because, I mean, you are just a fountain of, of knowledge and information. And honestly, Jesus at the center point of everything. And y'all, y'all got to go out and check out her song as well. It's on YouTube. I, I listened to it as well like a hundred times. <laughs> I was like, I, I like to sing too. So it's like, I, so I was like, I, I went out and there's a couple yeah. of videos where you're singing it as well. Because that's just a... A very impactful song for people who go through through things. It, it gosh, is that well. is, and that was like yeah. uh, it's from my church, you know, the where I, where I worship lead, yeah. and that was like in the middle of COVID, um, yeah. and we everything was upside down, you know, yeah. and uh, and yes, it is right. It is well with my soul. Mm. It is always well with my soul, no matter what my emotions <laughs> might tell me on any given day. It is always well with my soul and with your soul. Mm. So today we've heard about grace. We've heard about Jesus because Jesus is grace. We've heard about his love. We've heard about his mercy. And you know, one of my go-to verses, we all have those go-to verses because of what we go through in life. And it's like, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. And why is that though? That we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Hebrews 4, 16. That is what we need to do. And I think what we're hearing today, and, and I think everybody sitting here that is talking right now would agree that we need Jesus. And if you're out there, we, we are not run, you know, we, we, we understand the trauma that you're going through in, in ways of the spiritual nature and where healing really starts. And that's in Jesus. And we just want to thank you for being here today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm honored and please continue doing what you're doing and speaking the hope of God, our father and the Holy spirit and Jesus into many lives. I appreciate what y'all do. Thank you. We can say the same for you before we go, let everyone know how they can reach you and what you have going on right now. Yeah, sure. Uh, IlonkaDeaton.com website. Um, I have most of the music that I've done, you can stream on YouTube. And most of the interviews that I've done too, you can see on YouTube. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, you know, hit me up. Um, I'll be glad to answer any questions if you have any. Uh, what I have coming up is, uh, yes, I'm working on a, on a third book, specifically looking at um, the, the tragedy of, of what uh, sex and human trafficking is what the problem in the United States is, how we combat that problem. Um, I'm currently working on, on a bill that we've actually been working on this past year with Senator Mike Bell and Representative Curcio that we've passed through the Senate Judiciary Committee and the House Judiciary Committee in Tennessee making sex trafficking of a child a Class A felony, mm-hmm. which, um, in my opinion, it would deter a lot of criminal activity for our state if right. the punishment was that harsh for someone not to do it because it's it's – not so much that the, 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 the guys who are at the top end of the pyramid with trafficking, you know, the ones that are doing the grunt work, it's the, right. it's the guys who are recruited at the lower levels. And if we can deter some of that criminal activity, we can make a real dent in, in what, what it looks like. So I'm an activist. Um, if you live in Tennessee, for instance, we would love your support on the bill. Um, to move that forward as we as we go along and just for people to reach out if they have questions about where they can get training or what they can do to protect their own children um, and signs to look for with tons of those resources so i have a resource page on my website just go to longkadeep.com look it up and if you can't find it email us and i'll gladly gladly give you some awesome we'll make sure to include all that stuff in the show notes as well so 
this week's question to help inspire one another. We want to know what was the final straw that pushed you to forgive someone from a tough time in your life? What was that thing that really was like, okay, I'm ready to, to go to God with this? Um, sharing those stories really inspire others. You can go to our website, thepantrypodcast.com and record a soundbite, or you can just send it to us in the DMs or the emails or the Instagrams, wherever you want to send it. And we always follow the people on Instagram that we have on the show so that we can like share their good news and our stories and stuff. So we will be sure to do that as well. So thank you again for being here. It's been amazing. So, all right, everyone until next time. Bye. Bye. God bless you. Bye. bye. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're 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 right where we believe.